Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the word. As you're taking a seat, let's uh, praise the Lord for our praise team. I'm just, I'm so thankful. They are faithful to be here every week to lead us into the presence of the Lord, to prepare our hearts and minds. I know I, I am grateful. Uh, we're going to be in a psalm, Proverbs 2, um, which is page 726 in the Bibles that are in the chairs if you're using them. Uh, so page 726 if you want to follow along there. If not, you've got your own Bible, Proverbs 2. Uh, last week, Pastor Graham focused on the fool, right? And now we're going to look at the one who kind of pursues wisdom. Hopefully that's all of us. Um, and we're going to look at what God has to say about that. And, and the cool part is, is this is very uh, parenthetical. Uh, you really get the strong vibe of a parent talking to a child. And I don't know how often you do that for yourself. Um, you know, often, especially as a father, you know, in my life, I've said, okay, how am I doing as God's son? You know, how, how am I honoring him? How am I glorifying him? How am I representing my father uh, on a day-to-day -day basis? And so it's kind of an interesting kind of thought process because uh, it's like, you know, we're all real anxious to get older and grow up and be autonomous, right? So we can call the shots in our life. And uh, God's saying, well, wait, I really uh, want to be a part of your life and a part of what you do, so how about we work life together? And that's very much a part of this particular proverb is the relational aspect uh, that God really wants us to have with him as we do life. And um, I know sometimes we feel, oftentimes we feel alone. We feel kind of like, oh, I'm just out here doing my own thing by myself. And um, we choose that. God doesn't want that. We choose that because uh, he is there. He, but the thing is, the cool part about him, he's not like me as a dad at all. He's waiting to be asked. He's waiting to be invited in. He's waiting to be you know, pursued. He, he doesn't interfere. He doesn't put his no, nose into things. Um, he just says, I'm here if you need me, and, and I want to do great things for you. All you have to do is ask me. And so there he stands, oftentimes on the sidelines, waiting for us. All right. Before I really dive into today, I, I have to uh, make an admission to all of you today. Uh, I am an addict of the DIY network. <laughs> I had you scared there for a minute. Um, no, it's the truth, though. It's like, I, I just, uh, I, my mother-in-law has it. She has Dish. We don't have it because we have, like, Ultra Mini Basic, which gives you, like, three channels. But when I'm at her house, she's got the DIY network, and it's like, I, when we go up there, I'm like, oh, this is awesome! <laughs> and I am so sucked into what's going on there. The interesting part about that, you know, the drama that's on all of these projects is, you know, these people who know nothing get into these massive projects and come into these unbelievable issues. And then they have to call people in. Either people like Dave Carl, who, you know, it's like, uh, you ride this house completely wrong, and <laughs> you need to redo it, or uh, you realize you have to have carrier beams here, or you know, the roof is going to collapse on you this winter, stuff like that. It's just, it's interesting to see how we think we know how to do life, but oftentimes we get into it and uh, we find out, wow, we've missed something completely. We've done something wrong or we've not paid attention 
to how this is supposed to work. And this particular proverb gives us insight, such great insight to who God is, to, to how he wants to be involved in our life, and the fact that he's not going to push his way in. And we've got to catch that. I think sometimes we think, you know, we're talking about God being glorified and just all Christ did for us. And that's, I think sometimes we carry that too far in our Christian thinking. The cool part about who God is is he understood our need, right? We were sinners, and he understood that we could not pay for sin without going to hell. And so he sent Christ, and we needed him. We needed that. And he was the only one who could come. He was the only one who could pay for our sin. He was the only one that could provide the salvation we need. And he is the only one that was put to death and is living today. The only one. It's a record. You can look. Anybody else's book. People have died and they've stayed dead. Christ is the only one that's claimed resurrection, that's claimed life. And so it's, we, sometimes we come to that, we come to Christ and say, okay, I understand my need for salvation. I understand my need to uh, accept you as my Savior and to start following you. And we think, okay, now we just go along for the ride. But that's really not what is asked here. Yes, we need salvation. Yes, we need Christ. Yes, we need to understand all he's done for us. But now we need to understand there's a relationship that's what took place. When you, when you come to Christ and you become a follower of Christ, there's a relationship that happens. God wants to be a partner here. He doesn't want to be a dictator where it's just you follow a bunch of rules and that's how it is. He wants to understand that you've understood all that he's done for you. You've understood the incredible sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You've understood all that he's done and that creates something in you that brings and asks and invites him in to start doing life together. All right, just a little bit of background before we continue on. Uh, the message of Proverbs is that life can never be fully understood nor fully lived except through a relationship with God. That's where it's got to start. You've got to have that relationship to even begin to go forward. The complexities and dangers of life are far too big for us to handle by ourselves. In order to successfully navigate the swirling currents of our daily existence with all of its temptations, deceptions, and risky choices, we need wisdom, the timeless, dependable, true wisdom of God. And that requires some humility on our part. It's so easy to just say, hey, I've got this, I can handle this, I don't need God in these situations. But it's better to invite him in. Even the small stuff. You know, some people say, well, this matters, that matters, and oh, some of these things really matter. I'm of the ilt. It all matters. All of it matters. The little stuff, right? You have grains of sand, grains of sand, grains of sand, and you have enough of those, and you've got a problem. And the same is true with our life. There are little things that if we don't pay attention to, if we don't invite the Lord into it, they can become big, monumental things in our life. So we've got to pay attention to it all. There aren't just, you know, some things that really matter and some things that, yeah, that's not so, not so much of a big deal. It all matters. The little things matter. You know, remember that song? You know, little things mean a lot. They really do. Uh, the wisdom found in Proverbs is designed to meet the needs of all people. 
of all ages and stages of life, from childhood to youth to maturity. This is a practical guidebook for understanding what life is all about. It is practical, user-friendly, but it's also the key to unlocking the most cryptic mysteries of life. How many of you are just confused about life sometimes? <laughs> it's just like, why did this happen? Why does a, uh, a friend of mine, I just, it's, I don't know, this has been a season of overwhelming information for me. Um, a friend of mine has had a stepdaughter, got married 10 days ago, and uh, was on her way from her full-time job to her part-time job, and was hit head-on and died instantly. Um, it, 10 days, I, I can't even imagine as a groom, as a husband, 10 days into my marriage, what that would even feel like. But those things happen, don't they? Crazy accidents, crazy situations happen. And we've got to make sense of those things. And God has a way for that to work. And it's about coming to him. It's about doing life with him. Two aspects of this pursuit of wisdom, and that's what we're looking at today, the pursuit of wisdom. Uh, the first aspect of that is relational preparation, uh, which is going to be, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 4. And it's, it's one of three ifs we're going to look at this morning. All right, so Proverbs 2, verse 1 says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as forbidden treasure. Receiving my words. Um, we get kind of lost there. Because uh, this whole idea of receiving God's words, it's not just listening to them. Uh, it's not just hearing them. It's not just taking notes. Um, it, it's not um, just knowing the information. God wants us to take what his word says and actually apply it to our life. Have it become part of who we are. Have it show up. Because that's how the world starts to see him. Because as believers, you know, we're called to be a different, a peculiar people, is what the Old Testament calls it. And it's supposed to be different for us. God's not looking for us to blend into the world. He wants us to stand out in a very positive and real way, a way that he is seen. And part of receiving his words is, you know, in grafting that truth, having it become part of your life, part of your decision-making process, part of your conduct. Um... It's not only learning the word, studying the word, memorizing the word, encouraging other people with the word, making plaques with the words on them, or listening to podcasts with the word. It's receiving it. It's funny. I, it's, I get phone calls from time to time. It's like, you know, oh, I've got this situation, and I know God's word says blah, 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 but <laughs> it's like, okay, but what? Are we going to follow God's word, or is it just like a suggestion? Is it just kind of a guideline that, you know, you know, if you can, do this. But otherwise, just do your own thing. No. See, God is, is like, he's that ultimate contractor, right? <laughs> he knows how it's supposed to build, be built. He knows what's supposed to be there. He knows what's supposed to sustain things. And sometimes we think, ah, oh, it's only a wall, take it out. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> Our life collapses sometimes because we've taken something out that really needs to be there. And we become the one in danger. We become the one that's wounded and hurt. And then what do we do? But God, why did you let this happen? It's like you took the wall out. I told you not to. But we blame him still. But he's big enough to receive that because he knows, hey, the truth is, you messed up, not me. <laughs> I'm just saying. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you. And this is where you really start to understand the value. It's not just information for God. There's value here. There's treasure here that, that we should cling to and understand that it provides so much for us. Um, and again, it, it needs to become part of who we are. It needs to be revealed and shown in our life. Um, second verse there says, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. And so the attainment of wisdom is lifelong and not a one-time event. And sometimes we think that you know, we, we go to a Bible study or we kind of get a handle on certain things in our life and we think, oh, okay, I, I've got it now. Now I just kind of live life. And, you know, God tells us that he is faithful to complete the work that he started in us. Okay? And that is a lifelong thing. And we've got to realize that gaining wisdom and growing in wisdom is a lifelong thing. It's not just for a couple years of your Christian walk. It's not just at the beginning and then you attain this stuff. It is continual and ongoing. And it's one of those things where he wants us to, you know, be listening for him, inclining our ear. It's, it's, it's moving toward him. It's, it's one of those things when we start to hear God talk, and that's, you know, when we're reading his word, that's when he's talking to us. It's moving toward it. It's inclining in. It's really listening uh, those of you who are old enough who remember, you know, when E.F. Hutton talks, everybody listens, right? And it was, you know, the, the big thing there, for those of you who are like, who is E.F. Hutton and what are you talking about? It was a commercial about E.F. Hutton who went, crowded restaurant, everybody would be noisy, and someone would say, E.F. Hutton says, and the, the restaurant would get silent because that was vital information. How much more is scripture? And sometimes we don't hear it. We don't listen. We are not inclining our ear toward it. Um, and the reason why we need to do that, um, you know, people in my family have started to have hearing loss. I won't name them. But they, and so it's like sometimes you have to say things twice because they miss it. Uh, and so it's one of those things where I'm not a big repeater, so it frustrates me, but that's beside the point. Um, but it's one of those things where you have to incline your ear sometimes to hear. And why do you do that? Because you want to hear what's being said. You want to understand. And so that, that's a lot of what God is saying here through this proverb is you've got to lean into me. You've got, the world is noisy. The world is getting louder. And it's like, you know, I, it's, I've been doing a lot of study on different things as far as screen time and devices and all that kind of stuff. And you think about how much more noise there is in your life today. I mean, you know, now we have stuff, it's funny, somebody um, got my wife this gift of Alexa, the little dot thing, which is wonderful, it's, she loves it, and it does what she wants it to do, but anytime you say anything that remotely sounds like her name, 
she wakes up and says, I didn't understand. I didn't hear you. And so it's like she's inclined her ear to us, probably too much. <laughs> but she's listening all the time. And, and we need to be that way with the Lord, where we're listening, we're waiting to hear you know, him say something to us to direct us, to bring guidance. Because one of our songs said it so well, you know, God wants us to succeed. God is on our side. And he wants good things for our life. But the, the interesting part about that is there's a place for that, and that's on the path of God. That's not off his path. See, sometimes we jump off the path, and we're, we're out in the weeds, and he's going, hello, where are you? And we're like, God, where are you? I, why aren't you blessing me? And, you know, you're in the weeds, and you don't know what's going on. And he's like, my path is the place where this stuff happens, not out there in the weeds. Incline your ear to wisdom. Apply your heart to understanding. And, and the, that whole aspect is really simple. This stuff needs to show up in your life. The stuff you're hearing has to show up in your life. So when he says certain things should be happening, it needs to be evidenced. Because we, we can't expect God to work and to move and to do these things if we're just learning about it. You know, we, I know I'm sure you have books in your home, or maybe you don't. I know books are kind of a thing of the past. But that you've never read. Like the title sounded interesting. It's something that you wanted to read. You bought the book, and then it just sat there. You're never going to get any benefit from it. Well, the same is true when we just read the Word of God or listen to the Word of God or listen to a podcast or watch a video, hear the information, and then just walk away. You know, what does James say? Be ye doers of the Word, not hearers only. And that's what he's saying here. Apply, apply, apply. This stuff has to become real in our life. It has to become what we do. It has to become where we go. Because otherwise, it's just information. And who wants to just walk around with a head full of biblical information and have it not be useful in our life? I know I don't. Relational preparation starts with you and God coming together, surrendering to his truth, living out his knowledge within your day-to-day -day life, and continually deferring to God's wisdom over the wisdom of this world. Now, the hard part is, for us, oftentimes, the wisdom of this world can sound logical, compelling, and even reasonable. And we get derailed. We have got to trust what God says. And what happens sometimes, it's like, if I did that, people might think I'm crazy. Well, God sometimes wants us to do some things that, you know, you're going to have to answer to. Why did you do that? Well, God says in his word, da, 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 da. That's standing out. That's not blending in. And we struggle with that. We struggle with that. I've struggled with that. Because it's like, you know, we see shows where, you know, Christians are painted as these raving lunatics, and we think, oh, that's what they're going to think of me. Christ hung naked on a cross for our sin. No matter what people thought, because that was far more important than what people thought. Our need was in his heart and in his eyes. And he said, I'm willing to do this because that's what the people need. 
and we need to take the same stand. That, hey, if, if you want to call me a raving lunatic, that's your choice. But who are the people that, when they have problems, <laughs> usually come to? The raving lunatics. Will you pray for me? What do I do about this? I don't know what to do here. Can you help me? I thought I was a raving lunatic. No, they know. And it scares them. But we have got to stand strong. As Christ's sons, or God's sons and daughters. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And we've got to remember that. The things that we're inclined to, the things that come natural to us, the things that we normally gravitate to, are not God's ways. And we've got to trust that. And we've got to always be replacing with God's truth, with God's direction, with God's insight, with God's word. We've got to constantly be doing that. And it will become normal for us eventually, but it's a lifelong pursuit. The last if, if you cry out for discernment. Yes, verse 3, it says, If you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. And again, God wants us to pursue. He wants us to get involved. He wants us to look to him. He wants us to go out of our comfort zone and say, I need this. And the whole idea of prayer and defense here comes into mind. You know, crying out, we're praying. Discussing the matter with the Lord. Deciding with the Lord. I mean, think about the, the level of decisions we make on a regular basis, day to day. And it's like usually, boom, boom, you know, we're making decisions, we're making decisions, we're making decisions. And God's not a part of a lot of those. And, you know, maybe he should, maybe he shouldn't, I don't know. I'm not going to be the judge of that. I try to include him in, in as many as possible. But there are weighty decisions oftentimes that we make that we still don't even go to the Lord for because we're used to just making decisions, making decisions, making decisions. And it becomes a habit in our life where he's excluded. And the only time we go to him is when we have a problem or when we have a hurdle or when we have some kind of thing that goes wrong for us. And he's faithful and he's there and he wants to help. But guess what? If we talk to him on the front end of some of those things, we can sidestep some of the problems we end up with because we start making decisions with him and living life with him instead of apart from him. And that's what he wants. That's what he desires for us, to do life together with our brothers and sisters in Christ and with him. And then it says, lift up your voice for understanding. And with this, really, it's, it's more of a defense and a standing up for what you know is right. We've got to start standing up for what we know is right. And not, not in an offensive, in-your-face kind of way, but just say, that's not what God says and that's not what truth is. And if you want to believe otherwise, that's your choice. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And it's hard, and it's getting harder. I understand that. The world is growing darker. It is getting harder to do these things. But guess what? The more we blend in, and the more we don't stand out, and the more we don't say, and the more we don't stand up for, the easier it is for it to get darker. 
We are called to be light. We are called to be salt. We've got to step up and do those things. We can't just blend in. We can't. Verse 4, oh wait, no, a couple things. How much is God involved with your life's decisions? If at all. Think about the last week. All the decisions you made. How much a part of God's input was there? Do you find yourself standing up for God's truth or blending in with everyone else? And again, I'm not talking about being offensive. I'm not talking about being overbearing. But I've learned that when you ask God, you know, give me opportunities, show me places to stand out, show me places to speak into things, I'm looking for them, first of all, and he provides them. And they, they're natural, they're normal, they, they, they come up in a way that seems like it should happen that way. And people are very receptive sometimes, and sometimes not. Because the world is dark. All right, verse 4, it says, If you seek her as silver and search for her as for... As, I can't read today. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures. And again, this, beca- this speaks to value. Wisdom will be a continual pursuit when you fully understand the value wisdom possesses. I mean, think about it. If you have God's wisdom working vibrantly in your life, and you start to see what it produces and what it yields, you're going to want more. You're going to run after it. You're going to pursue it more because you realize, I'm crazy to be walking off in these other directions because God knows how to keep it together for me. But it's hard. We're adults. We're grown-ups. We're adulting. (laughs) And we think what goes with that is, I get to do whatever I want. And we do. God's never going to force ourselves into our life. He wants us to choose. He wants it to be a relationship. I mean, think about it. Think about the people you enjoy spending time with. You choose to do those things. You choose to sit with them. You choose to discuss things. You choose to talk about your life and involve them in your life. God wants to be at least your friend. At least but he wants even more. Because when you understand what he can provide, and not that it's selfishly provisional, but it's like he wants to empower us. And see, that, that's where, that's where well, empowerment is listening to him. It's, it's making sure he's a part of everything. It's, it doesn't, it's not intuitive. It's very counterintuitive. But guess what? When we start gaining in God's wisdom, when we start learning what he wants, and we start moving in ways, it becomes empowering. Because we can move and live with confidence that I know this is God's truth. I know this is what he wants. I know this is where we're going. I understand it all. And it's empowering. But the world says, oh, it's just a bunch of rules. Oh, you have to give that up? Oh, you have to give that up? Oh, you can't do that anymore? That's not the Christian life. That's legalism. God has so much more for us. Wisdom is a matter of the heart and of moral conduct, not just intellectual attainment. Obtaining wisdom requires diligence on our part in pursuing God's will, yet wisdom is a gift from God. 
That's the cool part about this. He wants to give us these things. He's storing them up, which we'll see in the next part of this. He's storing them up for us. Relational participation. Okay, so we had the preparation, now it's participation. The then. We had all the ifs, now we have the then. Uh, verse 5, it says, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of the saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity in every good path. This whole idea of reverence in God is really coming to an understanding of who he is and how much he provides for us. I mean, we take oxygen for granted. But he's providing it. He's provided this incredible ecology that enables us to survive. He owns it all. It's all his. Reverencing God, the whole idea of this fear of God will be understood because God's knowledge will be freely found. When we pursue him, when we're listening to him, when we're including his wisdom into our life and we start to live by it and understand how that all works, it's humbling. It's humbling. Because we start to see God as so big and people as so small. And a lot of times we see it completely the reverse. People are huge in our lives. And we defer to them and we kowtow to them and God is just forgotten. The upright receive wisdom, knowledge and understanding, protection, safety, preservation. God is providing so much for us. And all he asks is a few things. Invite me in. Listen to what I have to say. Make it part of your life. Pursue it and understand the value of wisdom and what it will give you. And you have all of these benefits that come as a result. And it seems so selfish when you pursue wisdom because it's like, I'm gaining way more than I'm giving. Because all I'm doing is inviting God into my life, into my decision-making into the, the way I'm going to live on a daily basis. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding, protection, safety, preservation. Who doesn't want those things? But if we're going to live off the path and out in the weeds, these things aren't going to be part of what God's doing in our life. You know, and we ask sometimes, you know, oh, where's God? Where's God? Where's God? He's waiting. He's on the path, his path, waiting for us to show up. And we can't think that he's going to come out trudging. He's like, look, I hung on a cross. I went to death for you. I was buried for you. I rose again for you. All I ask you to do is get on the path. One thing. And then he will provide so much. We have got to get involved. We have got to build the relationship with God that is going to provide the things that he wants us to have. But we've got to be involved. Yes, we're his sons and daughters, but... He wants full involvement. He doesn't want you sitting in your room playing video games all day. <laughs> Wisdom provides the realization that God's knowledge is extremely valuable, and he provides it to those who listen to him. In fact, he stores it up waiting to give it to those who diligently seek him for it. It's there. It's waiting. 
It's like a bank account that we haven't accessed. It's sitting there. Verse 9, it says, Then you'll understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path. Breaking this down really fast is righteousness, the whole idea of morality, the standard by which we choose to live by. Is it your own, or is it God's? Or is it some kind of hybrid? You know, God wants us to yield to him, surrender to him. That's our first step in the discipleship process, right? Surrender to the Lord. And that's not just a couple things, that's just not a few things, that's everything. Surrender it all to the Lord. Justice, and that's the whole idea of integrity, staying true to God's word even when it's hard. And that's what we struggle Because it's hard. There are things sometimes that we don't want to give up, that we don't want to yield to, that we think, that's just stupid. Why would God even ask us to do that? Because he knows what's best for us. And when we are strong in our relationship, we understand every good thing, every perfect thing, everything that's right comes down from the Lord. He knows what's right. He knows what's good. He knows what we need. And, you know, we think, oh, I know better. No, this is really what I need over here. And the thing is, is God's really cool about it. He'll let you do it. Go for it. If you think that's going to solve your problem, go ahead. And then we're out in the weeds again. Equity. And again, that's having an accurate value, weighting God's truth greater than anything else in your life. Giving equity to his word. Providing value to everything he says. Allowing it to come in and it provides equity for us and value to our life. I mean, there are things that God has kept me from because I've chosen to walk according to his truth that years later I realized, wow, had I been living a certain way, that would have been a nightmare. And then finally, the last part of that is every good path. The whole idea, he'll give you equity in every good path. He'll understand these things. And that's the right direction. He wants you walking in the right direction, even when you may have to sacrifice to travel that road. And that's sometimes what we don't want to do. We don't want to sacrifice things. It's like, ah, is it really that big of a deal? Is it really going to matter? Does God really care about that? Absolutely. He knows every little detail. He knows the number of hairs on our head. He cares about the details. We can live according to it, and we can develop that relationship and all that it has. And, you know, the one thing that I I would really challenge you, if you are not experiencing joy in your day-to-day life, you're not close enough to God. The closer I get to God, the more joy I have, the more understanding I have in how he works and how he moves and what he wants. It's unbelievable. So use joy as your, your litmus. If you're not feeling super joyful... Think about where you might be with your relationship with the Lord. Uh, Let's see. A few questions, a couple statements, and then we're done. What's your relational temperature with the Lord? Is it hot, hot, hot? Or not, not, not? (laughs) Are you inclined, I'm sorry, including God in your decisions, discussing them with him before you venture out? Whose wisdom are you walking in? God's wisdom? The world's wisdom? Your own wisdom? Think about it. 
followers of Christ receive a far greater return for their pursuits of wisdom than any other pursuit available to them. There's so much more. God is so much a phenomenal father to his children. Quick statement from R.C. Stedman. Um, Reading a proverb takes seconds. Memorizing a proverb takes minutes. Applying a proverb takes a lifetime. Don't get caught up in the detail. Pursue, pursue, pursue. Incline your ear to him. Apply the truth continually. Exodus 19.5, and I'm closing with this. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice, keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all people, for all the earth is mine. And again, he spoke this to Israel, but I believe it's true for us today. God sees us as treasured possessions. But are we living like them? Relational preparation, if. Relational participation, then. If we do a few things, God provides so much. Don't miss out. Pray with me. (coughs) Father, we come to you this morning. And Lord, we're humbled. We're humbled by your grace. We're humbled by your patience. Lord, so many times you are standing there on the sideline just waiting for us to get direction, waiting for us to include you in the process, waiting for us to yield to you. And Lord, you are faithful to be there. In fact, you want to be there. You choose to be there. You desire to be there for each and every one of us. Lord, help us not to continue to dismiss you in our life. Lord, to live in a way and move in a way that moves toward you instead of away from you. Live in a way that's vibrantly relational. That we understand your heart and we start to hear your voice more clearly and understand when you're moving in our lives and we see your hand and we get the opportunity to meet up with you and to serve with you and to serve the way you would have us to serve. Lord, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the challenge it gives our heart. Uh, We praise you, Lord, for who you are. There are no other gods like you. You are the one true, holy, righteous, eternal God. Lord, move in our hearts in a way that as we move out of this building, we will be different. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Enjoy the week. It's supposed to be in the 90s again. I'm stoked for that.